If you have a study Bible at home or any Bible, you'll often have little subtitles for passages of Scripture. And they usually give you an indication about what you're looking for. Uh, but those subtitles that describe those biblical passages are not part of the biblical manuscript itself. They're placed there by whoever edited that version of Scripture. But one of the things I've found, uh, and I've often in Bible studies told people, take your pen and scratch off that title. Because one of the things that can happen is when you see the title of what that passage is supposed to be about, it can narrow your understanding of what that passage is supposed to tell us. In other words, if you're told, for example, that this passage is all about God's love, then that's what you're probably going to look for. And there are some passages where if you only have one thing that you're looking for, you might miss some different ways that that scripture could speak to your heart. And I think what we just heard, the story of Jesus where he interacts with this Canaanite woman, is a story that depending on how you look at it, you can see something different and something good from each way it, we look at it. Sort of like a parable. So the first title that I would suggest for this passage that we could use is The Faith of the Persistent Woman. So we have this woman. Jesus comes to her community Tyre and Sidon, this is a, a Gentile region. She she's, has no name in the, in the passage, but it's called a Canaanite woman. She hears about Jesus, and this is, by the way, chapter 15. So Jesus' reputation as a healer and a miracle worker is well established. And whenever he'd go into a town, as we know, people would show up. Well, he barely got into town, and this woman finds Jesus. She runs to him. And she's there not for herself, but for her daughter. We don't know how old the daughter is, but the text says that she was possessed by a demon. She was tormented. And we can imagine, for those, for those of us who are parents, what this could be like to have a sick child and to be tormented by a demon and probably Jesus is not the first healer to come to town. That many others may have tried to heal this child and it failed. When Jesus comes to town, she says, Lord, son of David, my daughter is tormented. And she, she understands, even as a Canaanite woman, she's not Jewish, that Jesus is the son of David. This is a, a title that would you know, signify that he is the Messiah. That, that he is the Lord. And that he has the, the power to heal her daughter. She believes this. And she's persistent. She shouts at Jesus, Lord, son of David, heal my child. And at first, Jesus doesn't respond at all. And she keeps shouting at him. And then the disciples say, send her away. She's annoying. And then finally, Jesus engages and says, well, I came for the children of Israel. And uh, you're basically a Canaanite woman, so I'm not going to help you. 
And she says, even the dogs get the crumbs underneath the table. And so she argues back with Jesus. And she's so persistent. She's so strong of an advocate for her child. And she believes so deeply that Jesus has the power to heal her that she keeps at it. Now, we'll come back to this comment from Jesus in a moment. But for now, let's focus on this persistent mother and the faith that she has that change is possible. To me, this is the most inspiring thing that we can take from this passage is that in the face of who knows how long, who knows how many attempts, that in all of this, she has never stops believing in the power of Jesus to heal, and she never stops believing that her child can have health and wholeness restored. Life is very hard sometimes. We go through a lot. And it's easy when we've been afflicted to feel overwhelmed or powerless or hopeless. This story, this person, this unnamed woman shows such faith. And Jesus says, woman, great is your faith. Let it be so. And the child is immediately healed. Jesus finds faith in a place he doesn't expect to find it. In this Canaanite woman, this Gentile, had more faith. By the way, if you were to go back last week, she just says, Lord, heal her. He, she believes it at the core of her personhood. Last week when, when Peter was going to walk on the water, do you remember what he said? He said, Lord, if you command me, I will go. And there's sometimes in Scripture where people are talking about Jesus and go, well, if you really are the Son of Man, you know, do X, Y, or Z. If you really are who you say you are, you'll, you'll help me walk on the water. This, this mother has no ifs, ands, or buts. She says, Lord, you can do it. I believe it. And she persists in getting him to do it. And I think what a great insight for our spiritual lives and our daily life is to never give up, to never stop believing, and to always know that Jesus can and will deliver our healing and wholeness. Title number two for this passage, we talked about it with the children, is God's kingdom knows no boundaries. One way to think about this passage is Jesus specifically goes to Tyre and Sidon. These are Gentile regions, and he seems to intentionally go there. And while previously, if you go back to Matthew chapter 10, when Jesus sends out the 70 two by two, he goes, go to the lost sheep of Israel. Go nowhere among the Gentiles. That's what he says. So he instructs his disciples to, to confine their teaching, their ministry among the people of Israel, the Jewish people. They were the ones who were promised the Messiah. They are the one with the covenant relationship with God. That's where he sends it. And, and in some ways, most of Jesus' ministry is to the Jewish people. But what we see in this story is really that that kingdom is for everybody. And Jesus' ministry begins to expand the boundaries of who gets in and, and who's not. And, and in some ways, in this story, it's Jesus places himself in this community and he finds faith that's already there. He doesn't have to bring his teaching 
to build faith. It's already there. And imagine you're now one of the disciples. You've been told your whole life, you have a unique, special relationship with God. And there are people who are Jewish, and there are people who are Gentile. And if you're Gentile, God doesn't want anything to do with you. That would essentially be the message that you were taught. And here Jesus flips that and says, nope, there's faith here, there's trust here. Woman, great is your faith. And the disciples, their primary mission is going to be beyond those boundaries. The church, the work of the apostles, is that we are to go forth and baptize of all nations, to go wherever we can find people and share the good news. And in this story, in others, we see that glimpse. The kingdom of God basically is erupting in all kinds of ways that it's not containable by a boundary or a restriction. And that goes so much more into our life because we haven't really gotten our mind as human beings beyond the idea of boundaries. Because it's safe to go, you're with me and you're against me. If we can decide who's in, who's out, who counts, who doesn't, life gets a little bit more digestible. But in God's kingdom, there are no boundaries. And everyone is loved. And everyone matters, including you and me, but every single person. And with this interaction with this Canaanite woman, Jesus, in his ministry, underscores this and makes it clear to the disciples that their work is not going to just be to the lost sheep of Israel. So we have the persistent faith of of the woman. We have God's kingdom knows no boundaries, no restrictions. It's for everyone. And then I'd say the most challenging part of this scripture would be my third title, don't, don't throw anything at me. Jesus is a jerk. Did you catch this? He called a woman a dog. I don't know in what culture that's acceptable, but I'm going to say none. Now, what makes this challenging is Jesus is the Son of God. And, and our faith tells us that Jesus is the very embodiment of God's love in the world. And he calls a woman a dog. Now, I've heard lots of people, and I've been tempted to do it myself, is to maybe dismiss this passage and go, well, he was just, it was just an object lesson for the disciples so they could understand that there's no restrictions, but he still called a woman a dog. Okay? Or, he was... Uh, he always intended to heal the daughter, and it was just sort of like some kind of show. I just don't buy it. What we see in this story is the humanness of Jesus, and that Jesus himself had built-in biases and prejudices that were about culture and ethnicity and gender. So this woman comes to him, And she's advocating on behalf of her child. She knows who Jesus is. Lord, son of David, heal my child. The first thing that's kind of a jerk that Jesus does is he ignores her. If you look at the text, it literally says he didn't respond. 
So if I came to you or if someone came to you and you had the power to heal them and they're there on behalf of their child and you say, please heal my child and you are in their presence and just don't respond, that's not great. The second thing that happens, of course, is the disciples want to send her away. They're not having any empathy or sympathy either. So it's almost like a doubling down of, of this sort of rudeness. And then she says, she keeps persisting, and he finally says, I came for the lost sheep of Israel, and it's not right to give the food of the children to the dogs. And she says, even the dogs get the crumbs. And it's this amazing thing. And so I would say that this woman changes Jesus' mind in that moment, but I have to believe changes his heart forever. And it's a hard scripture to wrap your head around. Amen? There's one uh, biblical interpretation maxim that I want to share with you that I think goes to this passage. It's, if you find a scripture, that, uh, the, the maxim is the hardest reading is the most accurate. So if you find a scripture uh, and it's hard to understand or it seems weird, it probably means it's authentic. So Mark was a primary source to Matthew and Luke, and there are lots of examples of weird stuff in Mark uh, that Matthew and Luke kind of smooth out and make it more palatable. Um, this is not one of those cases. This is in Matthew. Uh, but you would think that if this story did not happen the way it did, uh, that they would have cleaned it up because Jesus looks bad. I mean, that's not good. That's not a good look. But it's so important for the preaching of the gospel for Jesus interaction with this woman to be recorded and told again and again and again. Not that we want to highlight that Jesus was a jerk. I'm saying the fact that he was makes me feel a little bit better because I've had times where I've put my foot in my mouth. Anybody else? Amen? I've had times where I've not been so nice to someone that I should have been. I've had times where my patience was low and I couldn't even see doing the right thing. And the fact that our Lord and Savior had this moment and had a bad day is so encouraging, I hope, to all of us that even Jesus was not loving all the time. But in the end, he had an opportunity to make it right, and he did. God's love is for all people. It knows no boundaries. God's love can heal even those of us who struggle so mightily. God's love is so transformational, it can make all the difference. And God's love can even soften our hearts and allow us to see in someone else the opportunity we have to make a difference. Jesus heals this woman's daughter demonstrates for the disciples that their future path is, for, is to minister to all people and gives us a wonderful example of faith, this persistent, faithful mother. So may the Spirit continue to lead and guide us as we walk in faith. May we give ourselves grace when we need it and extend it as much as we possibly can to those around us. Amen.